0: What's up, everybody? It is Tuesday evening, right around 5:45, uh, which can only mean one thing, and that is is our live Q and A segment uh, with Dr. Rogers. It's um, so it's actually funny. Um, one of uh, one of our guests on on the Outside the Box podcast asked me um, after we started recording because I I do this a lot, <laughs> and he was asking me if um, if I'm like talking to people in my ear, if I have people in my ear and, and, you know, for everyone who's, who's watching right now, I don't have anybody talking to me. Uh, it's just that my ears are really small and, and these things keep, um, uh, coming out <laughs> throughout the, throughout all of these, uh, videos and podcasts that we do. Uh, so, so I wish it'd be kind of cool to have somebody talk to me, uh, during it, but no, it's, it's just me. It's just me and and today it's me and Dr. Rogers. Dr. Rogers, how you doing?
1: Hey Ben, how you doing?
0: Wonderful, doing good. wonderful. We got some great questions today, guys. Uh, if you're with us, uh, say hello, uh, Jasmine. Jasmine, what's going on? Uh, Jasmine's our esthetician in Knoxville. Uh, I'm so pumped uh, that you're with us, Jasmine. Thanks so much. Uh, you guys got to see her. If you're in Knoxville, make sure you check her out. Uh, she is amazing. Great, Jasmine. She's awesome. Okay, so we got we got some good questions, and we got about thirty minutes tonight, um, guys. We're going to we're going to rock out here, and let's see here. Anna, what's up? Jessica, what's up? Ann, how you doing, guys? Thanks so much for being here. We got some good shows, uh, good questions, not good shows. This is one good show. Uh, if y'all have a question uh, during the during the taping today, uh, make sure you you put that in the comments. And uh, hey, Kathy, uh, we will uh, we will go ahead and get that in tonight's show as well. Uh, Stanford, thank you, thank you for being here. Alan, uh, we're doing great, man. We're doing great. I think Doc's doing well too. Uh, we'll see how well he's doing after a couple of these questions. Uh, thank you for being here. Um, okay, question number one. Um, let's see, I'll put it up here. Okay. If my estradiol is less than uh, 5 and FSH is 87, is that a clinical indicator of menopause? Uh, no menses for 13 months, and uh, I have no symptoms except for that they feel great. Um, what you got for that, Doc?
1: Well, that's great that you feel great. You're definitely in a full-blown menopause. I mean, that's all that means. The uh, When the FSH is high or the LH, uh, that means that... Um, your brain is sending signals to your ovaries that to make more hormones and it's not working. So you're definitely in menopause with an estrogen level that low and an FSH that high. So you're in full blown menopause by any definition. Now, Some women don't have symptoms like hot flashes, night sweats, things like that. Most do. So that's kind of rare, but, um, You know, you still need hormones, in my opinion. Again, hormones are not just for hot flashes or night sweats. So um, I wonder if there's a second part of this question. There is.
0: There is. I I did this in in two um, because I wanted you to answer this one first, and this is a continuation uh, of the same question. Uh, I wonder when uh, hormone therapy is recommended for bones, vascular system, etc. Also, what type? um, does it have to be systemic? Uh, this is a, this is a great question. And I think this is going to bring a lot of value to a lot of people.
1: Um, yeah. Um, you really, the earlier you start hormonal therapy, uh, the better. So I like to start it really, um, before menopause even kind of hits really i mean because by the time you've already in full-blown menopause you've already lost some bone density it's not too late by any stretch but um all the studies show that the earlier the better because uh, for women you've been losing these hormones um through your late 40s usually sometimes earlier sometimes later um but the earlier you start them, the more bone you're going to retain, the more brain you're going to retain. Um, you know, so when your body gives you those signals that your menstrual periods have stopped, or, uh, you're starting to get hot flashes, night sweats, mood swings, decreased libido, sleep problems. Um, your skin gets more wrinkly. Uh, your hair gets grayer and more coarse. Then you're going into menopause. You're going to reap all the bad stuff that's going to happen with loss of hormones. Um, So remember, hormones are not just for symptoms. They're for much more than that on the inside. For your bones, your brain, your muscles, burning fat, energy, libido, your skin and your hair. Um, So um, It also protects your heart. I mean, you know, people don't know a lot about hormones because they've kind of been scared off about synthetic hormones, Premarin and Primpro, which used to be the most commonly prescribed medicines in the United States for many years. And what happened was the Women's Health Initiative came out about 12, 13 years ago. And, And in that study, which scared doctors and patients off of hormonal therapy, They were using these synthetic hormones, which came from pregnant horse urine and also medroxyprogesterone, which does not equal natural progesterone. It's a completely different chemical structure. So in this study, seven women out of 10,000, seven more women out of 10,000 came down with breast cancer. Seven more women uh, out of 10,000 came down with heart disease or stroke. So it was definitely enough to perk your ears up. But what they didn't tell you was they were using synthetic hormones and that half of the women in the study were over 65 and smoking and obesity was a factor too. So, I mean, it was a total, you know, shame that this thing came out and it turned doctors afraid of getting sued and patients afraid of breast cancer or heart disease when in fact it was a very misleading study. There's about 400 other studies that show with bioidentical hormones, which is all we use, um, that will address the form of hormones you need to use. They come from plants, yams, they're made identical to what your body produced before. So there's many, many studies that show there's a lot less cancer and less heart disease and strokes when you use these type of hormones. Um, You know, Estrogens from horses, pregnant horses, it's a foreign substance to a woman's body, so it's not right. Um, So there's a lot of misleading things about female hormones, just like there are about testosterone. The other thing is women need testosterone just like men do, um, just a lot less of it. So the forms we like are creams or pellets. I don't like oral hormones except for oral progesterone when I put pellets in. I will use an oral progesterone because you don't put progesterone in the pellet to be too big. Um, Plus progesterone helps you sleep at night. So I will use the oral form of natural progesterone, not madroxy progesterone. They're two totally different things. So, um, so a lot of misunderstanding about hormones. Um, You know, think of when you start having cancer and heart diseases, you get older and you lose your hormones. You know, it's an older age disease. Um, so you definitely need hormone therapy if you want to live the second half of your life as healthy as you can be. Now, there's certain people who I would not put on hormones. And those people are if they have active breast cancer and if they've had estrogen or progesterone-sensitive breast cancer in the past, I wouldn't use it. Um, also wouldn't use testosterone unless they had some form of estrogen on board. So, you know, you kind of have to know what you're doing with this. But uh, the lady in question is definitely in menopause and needs to consider bioidentical hormone replacement, even if you have no symptoms of uh, menopause like hot flashes or night sweats. So great question. Hope it covered a lot. So
0: yeah, and, and I'm, I'm really gra- glad that you answered it that way because there's there's so many questions about hormones and 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 questions like that can help so many different people. Um, is the creams is that uh, bioidentical as well? Is there any difference between the creams? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: No, that's, everything we use is bioidentical, identical to what you used to make yourself from your ovaries, and they're made from plants, so they're safe, and they don't have to go through your liver. Like oral, any form of oral estrogens or testosterone's, you don't want it going through your liver because it can affect your liver a little bit, cause gallstones and etc. So it's just a lot safer. Um, so
0: one, one question I, I I had, I was actually uh, reading through a couple of our posts on on uh, on hormones on our website, and what are those ratios that you like? Um, for when you're putting somebody on you know ratios you know testosterone to to estrogen for a woman is there a ratio Uh, when i look
1: at the well yeah when i look at a blood test i like to see an estrogen to progesterone ratio of about eight to ten to one so estrogen to progesterone uh yeah estrogen to progesterone
0: okay okay cool so all right great question there we're gonna go to the next one Okay, I am interested in info about facial injections. I need them around my mouth, eyes, and forehead. I'm thinking of Botox, but don't know much about it. I may also be interested in lip filler. Um, this is a common question. Um, people see a lot about Botox. Uh, you know, They probably know people who do injections. Uh, why don't you just kind of explain uh, what it is and what, what questions they should ask before they get it?
1: Well... You know, doing an anti-aging practice, you know, you you, you need to be really good at at, uh, facial cosmetic uh, fillers and neurotoxins like Botox um, because they really help you look a lot better because if you're feeling better from the inside out and yet your face is sagging and, you know, you're losing bone and it causes your face to droop, or you're getting these wrinkles between your forehead that looks like you're mad all the time, your mouth starts drooping down and you, it doesn't look like you're happy, even though you are, then if you can do something for it, you should. I mean, you know, it's not just about vanity. And if you listen to my podcast about how Botox can help depression yeah. and not because of the, the uh, reduction in wrinkles, you should go back to that podcast. But um, but anyway, Botox is a neurotoxin that paralyzes uh, muscle, and it just takes out wrinkles, it lasts for about four months it's probably the safest, even though it's botulism, you think you'd be scared but it's the safest medicine ever studied, you have to know your anatomy and where to put it and um, we certainly do that, so we get a lot of satisfied customers with Botox and some there's some other neurotoxins out there um, like uh, Dysport and Zealman and, and things, but uh, most people because of you know, they hear about it. It was the first they use Botox, and we're certainly comfortable with all of them. But as far as fillers, fillers replace volume. Usually, with fillers, you're talking about lower face, Botox, upper face, from the eyes up, fillers from the from the uh, eyes down. And a lot of times, we look at the cheek formation. the the, the person, as you age. You know, you don't want a real rounded-looking face. You don't want what's called jowls. So you want nice cheeks, and you want a sculpted chin. So there's a a lot of ways to get there, but um, fillers certainly in the cheeks and sometimes on the nasolabial folds or marionette lines down here. Um, We use quite a bit of that. Um, So you usually start with some fillers around – areas that you have deficits that you've lost fat in your face as you aged and by gravity or bone loss it looks like everything's kind of falling um, around the chin and all I like the old therapy uh, treatments that work magic if you could see some before and after you wouldn't believe them and and so you you, you can avoid you know, plastic surgery undergoing the knife, which there's a long recovery time. It's very expensive. I'm not saying some people don't need it. Some people do. And I'll tell you when you need it, but, um, it also the oil therapy works around the neck as well. You know, if you look great right here, but your neck is real saggy and aging, then you know, it's not great, but, uh, there's great ways to do now that, that we have with, uh, with all the fillers and the Botox and the oil therapy and, you know, stuff for your skin. Uh, and almost anybody over age 30, especially those that have had sun damage, need some form of retin-A on their face. Retinol, which is vitamin A. Um, can, can you say increases...
0: Can you say what that does? Because I, I hear that all the time. Uh, why do you recommend the well, retinol?
1: It, it increases cell turnover and kind of buffs your skin out and gets rid of small wrinkles and sun damage. And it just increases the time that your skin rejuvenates itself. So there's a lot of great products out there. I, I know everybody knows Kelly and, uh, you know, that does all the aesthetics. She's amazing with how she can, some of her before and after pictures are f- phenomenal. She just has a gift for it. And she has all the tools with lasers and all therapy. And now her body fat reduction machine called evolve is just incredible what what we can do to make somebody look better. What's also,
0: you know, it's also interesting is, you know, uh, Jasmine in in our Knoxville office has been doing microneedling and, and, and microneedling is fascinating too, in terms of uh, generating uh, your, your body's own uh, collagen or regenerating it uh, through kind of puncturing it is is the way I understand it. and, it's just a—it's a fascinating thing. There's so many tools out there.
1: Yeah, Jasmine's amazing with the, the uh, microdermabrasion and skin pins and all that stuff she does. And um, yeah, it's just you want to look younger to feel about better about yourself. You're aging well with hormones and diet, nutrition, exercise. You want you want your face and body to look young too. So uh, you, you have to do that if you run a complete practice of anti-aging. You have to do that.
0: I have one more question about that. Then we need to move on. You said botulism, and uh, we did a great segment with with Andy on on fillers. And what is botulism? What does that mean? Because I hear neurotoxin and botulism, and I understand neurotoxin. Oh, botulism
1: is botulism's a form of it's a it's a form of infection. Really, it's a it's a toxin. It's a neurotoxin. Uh, it's it's made from a bacterium that. Uh, used to think you'd get botulism poisoning by eating bad soup and things like that. When I was a kid, you'd hear about botulism. It was like the worst thing kind of poisoning you could have to make you sick. But, um, it was kind of discovered by this Canadian ophthalmologist that one of but- her patients had, one of her patients had, can you hear me?
0: No, my, I can hear you again. It's, it's throwing everybody off because I, I keep doing this. My ears are so small.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, anyway, um, this Canadian ophthalmologist was trying to fix one of her patients' facial tics. You know, where your t- your eye just going like that all day. So she decided to paralyze that that neuromuscular junction with botulism with poison. So she does it, and it works. And then she figures hey the wrinkles are gone too on that patient's side of the face so thereby botox you know
0: is, is that why, all of it is that why there's uh, skepticism around Botox is because technically you know botulism is like a, a poison and it's you know I, I hear all the you know you're injecting something foreign into your face but um, but I mean obviously you you just mentioned that it's the most studied drug ever um, yeah. I believe.
1: You, you really don't hear anything bad about Botox. You yeah. really don't. I mean, that's, that's just not, it's not bad. It's good. It's good. It's fun to do. It's fun to make people uh, look better and feel better about themselves.
0: All right. We're going to go to the next question here. I'm going to remind everybody, if you're with us, uh, say hello, ask a question. We're going to hang out for a few more minutes uh, after we get to these last couple questions. Um, Hey, Janet, thank you for being here. Sue, we're going to get to you here in a second. Um, Okay, let's see here. I have the methylation gene on the Cleveland heart panel. What does that mean, and what should I do?
1: Um, That's a good question. Uh, The methylation gene is the MTHFR gene, of which I have two mutant genes myself, and so do you, Ben. Um, and basically, it's, it's kind of a complex thing that took me kind of years to figure it out and what it means. And what it means is basically you, you don't attach a methyl group to a protein to get it into the cell. That's kind of a very simplified way of talking. Another simplified way is you can't turn folic acid, vitamin B9, into the active form of folate, which is L-methylfolate, and, and which is the active form of vitamin B9 is so good for your brain. Um, And you also will probably be, be very low on vitamin B12 and maybe vitamin B6. So it creates vitamin deficiencies that have to do with this thing called a methylation cycle where you can churn out too much homocysteine. And it doesn't get methylated, and you don't get rid of the homocysteine, which is an infl- It's an inflammatory amino acid that can be a risk factor for heart disease, blood clots, strokes, uh, miscarriages. Um, it also can also cause some some kind of uh, mental illnesses. Uh, depends on which mutant gene you have, but it's just a really interesting thing. And I run it on everybody because you know it's a useful thing to know. If uh, you've gone your whole life and you have a high homocysteine level, which is, in my opinion, just as dangerous as having a high cholesterol level um, as far as your risk factors for heart disease. So, and a lot of doctors don't even know what homocysteine is, but um, it's a very important amino acid that you don't want too much of. If it's, and we also measure that on the Cleveland panel. So, um, it's just a cool gene to look into, and you really help reduce somebody's risk factors for all that stuff I just mentioned. So, look at the MTHFR gene and look at your homocysteine level. Very good to know. It's very common. I think 20% of us have the mutant genes, uh, and it's a pretty simple fix. You take methyl folate, methyl cobalamin, which is methyl B12 and B6. sometimes sometimes trimethylglycine. Things that will bring down that inflammatory homocysteine level. So, great question. So,
0: so there's a correlation. It's hard to a lot of people don't
1: understand it, but it's kind of hard to explain. Uh, but it's important.
0: So, so there's a correlation between having the MTHFR gene and a high homocysteine level. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Last question here, and uh, let's see here. Why are you a fan of of body contouring? This is a great question because uh, in our performance weekly uh, that went out Monday, we had a uh, we had a great interview with Victor Upshaw from from M Mode. I'm sure that's where this question is coming from, uh, where you know we talked about uh, evolve and uh, this new device that has uh, it's using um, forgetting the word. Now, what what is radio frequency? Is that what it is?
1: It's, yeah, it uses radio frequency heating, heating instead of something that freezes the fat like okay. cool sculpting. I, I think it works better, certainly, you get more even results and um, doesn't hurt either. Um,
0: so, so, so it's what? a
1: really cool process. But I'm a fan of body contouring because I do a lot of weight loss stuff. You know, half of what I do is getting people to get leaner so they'll be healthier. But A lot of times when you lose weight, um, you have saggy areas, especially as you age, your skin won't bounce back and you just won't look as good. You know, Um, you may have areas of flab beneath your arms or on your sides, back fat, uh, thighs, knees, Um, your buttocks can kind of sag. So this evolved machine that I finally bit the bullet and got after years of thinking about it and, um, wanting one. Um, but finally got in the story about why I got it. It's kind of funny, but, uh, um, it it happened. So I did purchase this very expensive machine. Um, (laughs) so in any, in any event, um, it works great. Um, it, it's it's amazing how it works. It not only can burn fat painlessly, but it also tightens up. It helps, you know, when especially like when women have babies, or their, their stomachs, lower abdomens get crinkly and saggy, and um, sometimes you get a little cellulite on it, and just it gets flabby, and you do all this work make your face look beautiful with Botox fillers, all therapy, you lose all this weight and you, you don't look good in the bikini because you know, you have sagging skin, just areas of fat that you just can't get rid of. Um, so this is what this evolved machine does. It's, it's amazing. We get amazing results out of it. And it also has, it has three things that, the tone, the tightening and the body fat reduction. And the muscle thing is it actually it's almost like a TENS unit on steroids that stimulates muscle growth. So if you have patients that um, have muscle loss around, say, their buttocks or uh, the backs of their arms or their chest or their abdomen, you can put this machine on them and it stimulates muscle growth. Um, It's pretty cool to watch it work. And. And certainly the most common reason people come by to get it done is because they have areas of fat that they just can't get rid of. This kind of melts it off seamlessly, uh, very evenly, and um, it's permanent. So, you know, once the fat's gone, it doesn't come back.
0: Yeah, I, I would really encourage, you know, people to to go to the YouTube channel and, and watch that interview with Victor because it really it, – I went in – not knowing exactly what body contouring was. And, and I came out of it really kind of understanding what's happening um, and why it works. It's, it's actually pretty fascinating. Um, okay, we need to get to some questions because uh, we're running out of time here. and we got some great questions lined up. Uh, Connie, hello. Thanks for being here. Uh, okay, so we're going to put uh, Sue up here. All right, what is your opinion on the injection of Prolia for osteoporosis?
1: Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite. If you have to, if you get to that point where you have severe osteoporosis, I certainly um, prefer it over medicines uh, like phosphamax, the bis bisphosphonates, um, because they don't build the right kind of bone anyway, and they're very dangerous. I think uh, it causes terrible reflux, and uh, you have to take them certain times. I just don't like those medicines at all proly if I had to choose uh, something that you had to have that went beyond um, the normal stuff like hormone therapy, weight bearing exercise, vitamin D with K, have to have vitamin K2 in there and MK7, um, then proly is is probably the next step, and I think it's okay. So good right. question.
0: Thank you, Sue, for that. Um, we got a. Question from Gary here. Good evening, chaps. Good evening, Gary. Uh I'm wondering if uncontrolled blood sugar could cause some kind of neuroinflammation. Uh TRT, uh, testosterone replacement. Energization energization benefits could be offset by high sugar.
1: Okay, keep that on there. I'm gonna try to Okay. Good evening, chaps. I love that. You must be English or something, Gary. <laughs> uh I'm <laughs> I'm wondering if un- uncontrolled blood sugar could cause some kind of Neuroinflammation. Yeah, definitely can. Um, TRT, yeah, yeah. interjacent benefits could be offset by high sugar. Yeah, definitely. I mean, having a high sugar is just really, it's one of the worst things that can happen in your body. Whenever I'm getting somebody to lose weight or look at their metabolism, I always focus on the hormone insulin which is probably the most important hormone in the body for everything. It interacts with the cortisol, thyroid, testosterone, everything. So yeah, um, uncontrolled blood sugar, i.e. diabetes, um, can cause neuropathies. And the first step of neuropathy, which means your feet go to sleep, and you can't feel your feet. I saw a gentleman this week, he had a terrible burn on the bottom of his foot, necrotic and everything. He just fell asleep on the couch and there was a heater about three, four feet away from it. Burned the heck out of his foot. It was cooking his foot It's taking forever for that thing to heal. So it starts with neuropathy, which is numbness. So you can't feel anything. Um, inflammation is the root of all diseases. So it inflames then causes numbness and It's horrible. And yeah, the the effects of testosterone replacement therapy, how you get energy from it, could be offset by high sugar for sure. All diabetics basically have a low T. I mean, high sugar causes low T. It's like stress can cause low T. Even in young guys, I see it all the time. Um, So that's a great question. Um, Yeah, definitely. So. You need to look at that. If you're getting hormone replacement therapy, male or female and it's not working, you got to dig deeper. And certainly if you're a diabetic and you're having neuropathy, if your sugars are that high, you've got to act now because a lot of that damage is irreversible. I mean that's the leading cause of amputation is diabetic neuropathy. That's how it starts. So great question. Look at get control of those blood sugars. First thing I'll tell anybody.
0: Yeah. It sounds like we, we need to go deeper on that. Cause I, I really, I, I really love that question. We'll have to do a, a podcast dedicated to that one. Um, okay. Let's see here. Stanford asks, what can be done for a 70 year old male to improve energy and the, in the effects of aging uh, from a friend and former patient from your HMG days. Cool. <laughs> awesome.
1: Um, great question. I hope I can answer that because in, Three and a half years, I'll be there at 70. I'm 66 and a half, so uh, I'm working on it, Stanford, (laughs) believe me. That's what what I focus on is anti-aging. So um, what can be done? Man, everything. Um, First of all, come in and get a Cleveland Heart Panel. It's going to show me how inflamed your body is, your vitamin levels, your hormone levels. Um, I see a lot of guys, you know, at 70, they're – their estrogen level is higher than their wife's. They're aromatizing or converting all their testosterone to estrogen, which is dangerous for men, um, especially if you're overweight. Um, So, uh, man, there's so many things to do. The first step I do is look at your hormones and look at the Cleveland, look at the insulin levels, insulin's an aging hormone, and I'll look down the, the pathways of aging, like the insulin pathway, of course, I look at something called an AMPK pathway. I look at um, uh, another pathway called mTOR. Um, so this stuff gets really complex, and it's something I've been studying for you know the last seventeen years of my practice when I went back into this fellowship in in anti aging medicine. So it's so fascinating to me to 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 read and talk to some of these. Doctors from all the best places in the world. When I go to meetings, uh, from you know, look up rapamycin. You know, mtor is mammalian target of rapamycin. Um, uh, so there's a cool, a lot of cool stuff we can do. We always start with the basics like nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress, and hormones, and then we start looking even deeper into things. I mean, if you can see the vitamin list. Uh, that I take now compared to those days when you knew me, um, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe it. I mean, I'm a big believer. Believe me, I've changed my whole attitude towards you know medicine based on what I've learned and and what I've seen. And I can tell you, people are going to be living to 120 years old, you know, very soon. Maybe a lot longer. You know, go go read um, the book by David Sinclair from. Um, Harvard and MIT, on it's called Lifespan, great in depth um, book. Go read The End of Alzheimer's, you know, we're all trying by Dr. Bredesen at UCLA. Um, all these guys come to our meetings and they're freely you can talk to them. Testosterone for Life by Harvard's Dr. Abraham Morgenthaler. I know him and consult with him frequently. So, um. Yeah, the whole purpose of my practice is what you're just now talking about. So, you know, 70 is not old.
0: You, you, you know, know, what's, you so. you know what's kind of interesting. I'll, I'll tell a quick story because I, I want to make sure we I'm running out of time. I want to make sure we get to a couple more questions here. But what would be fascinating for everybody to know is I, I've gotten the opportunity to travel with you to a few of these conferences. And and one thing that we quickly found out was that uh, these doctors were at these conferences not for their own practice, but for their own health. And, and I found that fascinating. Like not all of them even have uh, an anti-aging type practice. They're just there to learn stuff for their own health. And and I found that so cool.
1: Yeah, that that's, you see that at every meeting and they're just soaking it up. They're not practicing physicians anymore. They're retired. They're just soaking it up because they want to stay healthy. Yeah, so it's pretty cool.
0: Lots of cool stuff we can yeah. do. Um, okay, let's get to a few more here. Um, Brandy asked, can, can uh, tell me more about some as related to, uh, anti-aging, uh, and recovery post-workout if you have time.
1: That's a great question, Brandy. Um, yeah, you know, it's something that I certainly take. Um, one of the great hormones that our bodies make, and we make less and less of it as we age is growth hormone. Um, growth hormone is a great thing. The problem with it is that it can have some drawbacks plus it's you can't you can't write it in the state of tennessee for for aging um even though you probably should be able to if you know what you're doing because it can have side effects like carpal tone will definitely pop your sugars up so you got to watch them so you need to probably be be on an anti-aging drug like metformin if you take that but you'll have to get it illegally which you probably could but um there's, a, there's another way you can increase your your growth hormone levels that stimulates your own growth hormone production, and that is a peptide. Uh, and one of them is called samoralin. There's also tesamoralin, ipamoralin. Um, There's several um, variations. But a peptide is something I've taken a lot of courses on, and I use a lot of them. And I certainly take samoralin because um, – it's a recovery hormone. Testosterone is an anabolic steroid. It's, it, it helps promote muscle growth and everything else, growth that's good. Um, you need a repair hormone to help you recover from workouts and help your brain produce more growth hormone at night. That's why you dose samorin at night. But samorin a peptide, which means it's a string of amino acids that's a signaler uh, for, to act for other parts of the body to kind of turn on and some, some turns on your growth hormone production. And, you know, you, you want to turn that on a little bit. If you're, if you're really active and you're working out a lot and you're getting sore and not recovering, but, um, you have to kind of know what you're doing. You have to follow the other parameters because you don't want too much overgrowth, as you age, um, it, it, like you do when you're real young, so um, when you have plenty of growth hormone around, but yeah, I like some it comes either in injectable or sublingual form, and you take it five nights a week, an hour before you go to bed, uh, on an empty stomach that's when it works the best. And it, Paul, it because growth hormone pulses at night, and you want to capture those the pulsing of the growth hormone. So that's certainly a good um, good way to um, think about if you, if you work out a lot and maybe if you're on the other hormones. It kind of works synergistically with testosterone. So great question. And totally legal, very affordable, unlike growth hormone. I mean, if you, if you could get a hold of growth hormone um, and take the risk that it has, you pay like $1,200 a month for it. I don't know many people that could afford that. I couldn't. But, um, but anyway, great question.
0: All right, we're going to get one more in here. And uh, if that, if we didn't get your question, guys, uh, shoot us an email, uh, info at performancemedicine.net. We'll get you on next week's show. Um, Appalachia asks, natural treatment for Barrett's esophagus. Can it be reversed with these treatments?
1: That's a toughie there. Um, Barrett's esophagus is a condition where you've had so much acid— Coming up from your stomach into your esophagus, that it actually changes the cell type in your esophagus um, from columnar to squamous, and as you know, squamous cell can cause cancer. So Barrett's esophagus is is a precursor to cancer, and so we usually, you know, use. PPIs, which are drugs that I don't really like a lot of because I think they're overused, like Prilosec, Nexium, Omeprazole, which is Prilosec, um, um, Pantoprazole, some of those, um, because they really cut the acid out of your stomach and they do probably help Barrett's esophagus uh, some from progressing. There's also some treatments that some of the GI guys can do with light therapy, uh, through a scope. Um, you know, certainly, um, there are things you can do with your diet, um, to maybe cut down on some of the acid, the excess acid that may be formed. Um, so you need to avoid a lot of like citric acid type things. Um, maybe use baking soda. And if, You know, maybe even use Pepsid AC, some of those things. That's a pretty good drug that's that's safer. And, you know, you need to figure out, too, how much acid you are producing. So um, sometimes if I can't figure out whether somebody's producing too much acid or not enough, then I'll have them take a betaine tablet. It's basically hydrochloric acid. And if... They take one and they don't get heartburn, take another one in five minutes. They don't get heartburn with that, take another one. If you take three in a row, five minutes apart, and you still have no heartburn, you probably don't have enough hydrochloric acid in your stomach, not too much. So some people, um, which could cause reflux, not enough acid in your stomach can be worse than having too much. So if that happens, then what you do, you dose this betaine, uh, which you can get over the counter at any drugstore. Um, you dose that before meals to kind of give you enough acid to digest your food. So um, rather than just empirically putting somebody on a PPI, you know, for that. But bear's esophagus is esophagus is a, is a whole new game. So obviously you're gonna have to get that diagnosed through the GI docs scoping your upper esophagus in your stomach. So there's probably going to be some new treatments out for that. So you got to kind of take the good with the bad for treatment for Barrett. So you can't gloss over this. So, I mean, I, I'm sure there's herbs to do it. Sodium bicarb, maybe um, some of the H2 blockers may help some, uh, a better diet. Can help some avoiding things like alcohol. Definitely don't want to be smoking. Um, and getting the reflux under control by maybe other methods, like I just talked about, and having your GI doc scope you again and see if you're getting any improvement. Um, and maybe asking them about some of the light therapies that may help quell it down. That's something that can be very serious. Uh, squamous cell esophageal carcinoma is bad. So I hope I've emphasized that to you. So, um, you know, if any, if I can do anything more natural, I will, but I'm a medical doctor. So I'm going to use the best of traditional with the best of the alternative. So you can't be on either side and, you know, be too far out on either side. You have to take the best of both. We have good medicines for conditions that are um, obviously overused for something like PPIs, but um, so use the best of both worlds. That's what I try to do in my practice. Um, so great question, though, wonderful question,
0: guys. Um, so many good questions this week, and and Dr. Roger, I want to be uh, respectful of your time. We're gonna we're gonna get off here. Um, to everyone here who's, who's watching, who's hung out with us for the last. Uh, 40 minutes thank you so much for hanging and and uh, like I said if you have a question if you want your question on the show um, shoot us an email uh, info at performancemedicine.net uh, to make sure I get it put 5 at 5 in the subject line that helps me out um, and come join us next week. Hey ben, hey ben do
1: you know why I wore this hat today?
0: <laughs> no
1: I had a bad hair day so that's why I wore
0: that <laughs> are you saying that I always have a bad hair day?
1: I don't know. You always wear the hat. I always wear the hat.
0: Um, And I think. Okay. All right.
1: We'll see you next week.
0: All right, guys. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for hanging out. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.